The Oklahoma City Thunder got an impressive win against New York. The OKC Big Three seems to be legit, and they have the depth to pull it off. We'll talk about that and more on today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks, we're diving into a very impressive win over New York, Oklahoma City, has a big three. What to look forward to tonight in Denver and how the Thunder have managed to really break through in the most difficult part of their schedule. So this game against New York, Mitchell Robinson, of course, out for the year. But beyond that, the Knicks just didn't have Jericho Sims, Jacoby Toppin, and Charlie Brown Jr. The Thunder were fully healthy. This was the second night of a back-to-back. Now, it was a home-home back-to-back, and the Thunder got to wrap things up a bit early against Minnesota the night before, but still, a back-to-back against a really tough New York team uh, who had the rest advantage. But in the midst of their toughest five-game stretch yet, the Thunder were able to pull off a win. And of course, you know the energy fluctuated a little bit, but ultimately, the Thunder had a lot of gas left in the tank, which is what you would expect from the youngest team in basketball. But you look at this and really see the basketball maturity that the Thunder have. We talk a lot about their lack of experience. We talk a lot about their ages and and, and how young they are. Rookies, second-year guys are are really being relied on here and, and not even guys who are in the prime of their careers yet. But at the end of the day, the Thunder have shown great basketball maturity to be able to, to control games and close games. So in a game in which you're on the second night of a back-to-back versus a good defensive team and they have the rest advantage, and at times, you know, admittedly, the Thunder's energy levels were down, they still were able to do enough to only have three lead changes all game, most of which happened in short order at the beginning of the first quarter, and only two times was this game tied, again, mostly happening at the beginning of the game. The Thunder were still able to grow a 17-point lead, while New York never led by more than two points. To be able to control games like that and, you know, keep your opponent at an arm's distance and be able to snap back into playing with high energy and into playing your style of basketball is the most impressive thing you can do. It's what separates good teams from bad teams. It's what separates great teams from good teams. Is that basketball maturity level. In this game, with all of that context we just gave, The Thunder committed four turnovers all game. Four. In a 48-minute game, the Thunder gave the ball away four times. 
And so even as New York dominates the glass, right? And, and, and they were just feasting on the glass to the tune of a 40 to 27 margin. Even as that's the case, the Thunder outshot New York 90 attempts to 82, which is thoroughly impressive whenever you get beat by, by 20 rebounds. But the difference is not letting go of the ball. And that's how you counteract some things that you just can't control. Look, New York is a bigger team and is a better rebounding team than Oklahoma City. It's hard to control that whenever you're Oklahoma City. But what you can control is once you get the ball, not to give it away and to force turnovers. And that's how you counteract that deficiency on the glass. And as New York wins that rebounding battle, the second chance points were 12 to 6. The Thunder were plus 12 in the paint. Plus 10 on fast breaks, Oklahoma City was. And on the second night of a back-to-back, the Thunder shot 54, 43, 77. New York shot well too, 50, 41, 80. But to still have the legs and the juice to be able to make over half your shots and shoot 43% from three is wildly impressive. You know, Brunson played well with 24 points. Randall played well with 25 points. Emmanuel quickly killed it off the bench. But ultimately, Oklahoma City was able to get a blowout win. The Thunder had two 30-point scores. And in this stretch of games, have shown that they are a legitimately good basketball team. And then the biggest reason why that they've shown that is their ability to deliver the kill shot in the fourth quarter. Even earlier this season, that fourth quarter was a danger zone. SGA starts on the bench, and it's the perfect time for the opponent to counter-strike. Offense wanes, scoring lulls, and all of a sudden, the lead either evaporates or the opponent's lead grows even further away. And you've got to pull off some heroic into the fourth quarter. And of course, that was the same verse as last year, where last year was even worse to start the fourth quarter. But as this season has gone on, and as these players have gotten more reps, have gotten more comfortable, and have defined their roles, you've seen the beginning of the fourth quarter in the toughest stretch of the season so far for Oklahoma City. You've seen that beginning of the fourth quarter turn on its head and be an advantage for Oklahoma City, where not only can you maintain leads, but you can build on leads. And SGA returns to a seven-point cushion, and your MVP caliber player can just simply come in and close out the game. And what's been so exciting to see about this stretch is, along with SGA, Jalen Williams has been closing out the games. He's been hitting the big shots. He's been splashing in the daggers where the other team calls a timeout and just waves the white flag. The Thunder have three players who you can trust to go get a bucket, who you can trust to get to their spots, who if they're on the court, you feel like you can score. 
And a credit to Mark is that there is hardly ever a moment where there's only one of them on the court. There's typically always two of them on the court of the three. And that's what helps elongate this depth, elongate this game for Oklahoma City, and allows them to knock off these tough opponents even on the second night of a back-to-back. So coming into this five-game stretch, this was the toughest five-game stretch of the year for Oklahoma City. It was the Clippers, Lakers, Wolves, Knicks, Nuggets. We are about to head into the last game of this five-game stretch, watching this team and evaluating this team. And the worst that they can do is three and two. And the best that they can do is four and one, and a four and one in which that one loss came when the Lakers just could not miss a shot and the Thunder could not hit water out of a boat in the middle of the ocean, and they still were competitive. We've been pushing and pushing and pushing the can down the road when evaluating this team, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's not going to. This Thunder team is legit. This Thunder team can compete with anyone. And this Thunder team has the basketball maturity to win big games on the road, win big games at home, and really surprise and shock the NBA world. Coming up, let's talk SGA. Let's talk J-Dub's career high, Chet Holmgren, and more on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at eBay Motors. Folks, eBay Motors has the guaranteed fit for your vehicle, but they're also partnering with our good friends, Locked On Fantasy Basketball host, Josh Lloyd, and he's going to bring you the fantasy picks each week, all season long. So no matter if you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire or whatever you're looking at, your players, they're going to be guaranteed to fit your roster uh, with our help from Josh Lloyd. So here are his eBay guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Dante Exum, Jaden Ivey, Isaiah Hartenstein, Jalen Johnson, and Torian Prince. I really like Dante Exum. You know, Jason Kidd uh, has put him in there when he's healthy, and the Mavs have been planning on starting Exum at times, uh, and his shooting uh, has been really enticing for your fantasy team. So check it out today, uh, and also check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball as they help guide you to a fantasy championship, and eBay Motors helps guide you to the championship parts to keep your ride or die alive. So make sure you check it out uh, with your vehicle. Over 122 million parts to choose from. Your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smooth with brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, and whatever your baby needs to keep on going. eBay has it for you with the guaranteed fit. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit is only available in U.S. Uh, customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. What a time it is for 
Thunder fans. You can also check out Lockdown Sports today. It's the first ever national 24-7 live stream of all of the national stories, all of the leagues that you that you know and love, and it's the local experts covering them for you so you can be well-informed all throughout the day on the biggest stories in sports. But this is a great time to be following along with the Thunder, so make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Thunder uh, on YouTube and any other place you get your podcast from totally for free. And we're here for you every single day talking Thunder basketball, including tonight after the Denver game. But how can you look at this Thunder team and not get excited? Two 30-point scores, both of them have 36 points. SGA had 30 points through three quarters. Eight assists, seven rebounds, two steals, two blocks, a turnover. Eight for nine at the line, two for five from deep. You know, SGA is able to score 36 points on 56% shooting, and that wasn't the best line because J-Dub had 36 points on 76% shooting from the floor. This is a wildly efficient basketball team who plays the game together. You've seen it. Even if you've only watched the NBA through the prism of the thunder since they've been here, you've seen the opposite side of that spectrum where you have a good collection of talent, you have a good collection of players, but they don't play with any sort of flow. They don't play with any sort of connectivity or offense. They just pass the ball one to another possession by possession and just see what happens. Just see if each other can bail each other out and play your turn, my turn basketball. But instead, you've got this amazing collection of talent that works together on all cylinders. They all end up still getting these gaudy numbers, you know, two 36-point scores, but it's done so much more efficiently, and it allows you to really throttle out the opponent. But SGA, you know, 36 points, eight assists, seven boards, two steals, two blocks. A plus 12 in this one, getting it done on both ends. You know, one of the biggest keys for SGA is his creativity as a passer. You know, he sees the floor so well that he can see the way the defense is aligned and where the help's coming from. And in the midst of a spin move, just pop the ball out to the right player right where they need it to get the shot off quickly before the defense can adjust. He can get it done with these jump passes in the air. He can get it done out of post-ups. He can pass the basketball at a high clip with his elite scoring to where it just continues to add to this throw your hands up, how do you defend him? He hit a couple step-pack threes in this one. If those ever go down consistently, then you're talking about the undisputed best score in the sport because of how efficient he is and the amount of points he can just rack up in a hurry. I think that he uses his length better than any player in the NBA to shield off defenders and to outstretch that arm to the rim for an easy bucket to where you just can't, you just can't touch. The, it's like, it's like whenever, uh, you know, you, you have a, a little kid trying to take the ball away from you, you know, and, and you're out there playing with your cousin or your son or something, and you just hold the ball up and they just, they jump and jump, try as they might, they can't get the ball. And that's what he's able to do with the link that he has when going to the rim. He is just so 
impressive scoring through traffic and creative on the fly. The the ad-lib ability of him to score was highlighted by this one play in transition where he gets the rebound, he's racing down the floor, and then all of a sudden he just stops and pops a jumper at the free throw line over Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, a lot of talk about Brunson over the last week and his height and, and you know what 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 he can be as a number one option. Jalen Brunson has zero chance to contest an SGA jumper. SGA can just shoot over the top of him every single time. And so to not try to plow through Brunson at the, at the rim, but instead just stop all momentum on a dime and take that jumper was such a savvy move and such a clean look. It's, it's just really impressive, and it just continues to, to make you wonder how you stop him. His pump fakes work because of that. Because of his ad-lib ability to score, the pump fakes just absolutely fool defenders because you have to believe him that he's about to shoot because he will shoot from anywhere on the court inside the arc. No matter what his balance is like, no matter what his setup move was, you have to believe that he'll pull up that shot and you have to be ready to contest it. And that's how you get the defenses out of position. And one of the most underrated aspects of his game is the lack of space he needs. Because we always talk about the space he creates. But that's almost like a luxury for SGA. You could go back and watch his jumpers this year. The amount of times that he has zero landing space and literally falls to the floor after letting go of the shot. But yet somehow it is a perfect swish. Somehow he just nails it is just unbelievable. And you go from a guy like SGA doing that, and you're thinking, you've got to gear up and just stop SGA at all costs. But then you look over, and J-Dub scores the first seven points of this game and carried the load with SGA off the floor. A career night for J-Dub, who's on an absolute heater shooting the basketball. He shot 76% from the floor, five for five shooting from three, five for seven, at the free throw line, 36 points, three assists, one steal, one block. And there's so many ways to go about this with, with Jada, but I think that the most important part is how he's so far improved. I, I think that when you look at Jada, it's easy to overlook his improvements a little bit, you know, not, not dramatically, but just overlook them a little bit because of you know how great Chet Holmgren has been. And of course, Chet Holmgren, the new item on the docket, is going to steal a lot of the attention. But J-Dub, while adding you know, tremendous strength, like, like he, he has truly transformed himself in the strength department. While doing that, typically, you know, that can hurt a guy's shot, at least for the next year. That can hurt a guy's shot as they learn to readjust. You know, typically the idea, the traditional wisdom has been. You add bulk, you lose some on your jumper. That's not been the case for J-Dub. In fact, not even close. With that added strength, he's a plus 7% percentage points better from beyond the arc, shooting 42% from beyond the arc. With the added strength to improve at the rim and get more calls and get more free throws, which are just easy points. He has truly transformed his scoring portfolio to be able to do just this, where he is carrying the load for the Thunder with SGA off the court, 
maintaining leads, growing leads, and, uh, and delivering knockout blows at the end of games, even with Shea on the court. And it presents this just dilemma for other teams because they've finally gotten to the point we talked about all preseason long, all summer long, of pick your poison. Go ahead and load up to go defend SGA. He'll just swing it to Jada. Go ahead and react to Jada. He'll just swing it to Chet. And you're never going to be a step ahead of this Thunder team. You're never going to be able to limit everyone. The way you you stop this Thunder offense is just hoping that the Thunder offense stops themselves. Because when they share the ball, the way that they did against New York, and when they are knocking down their open looks that they're going to create every single night, they are really tough to beat. You have to bring your best game, your best shot every single time, and it still might not be good enough. The sky is the absolute limit for this Thunder team. And for a fan base who has been just tremendously spoiled, this is yet another chapter in that. And while it's hard to imagine that these three players become better than what what Harden and Westbrook and Durant were able to accomplish individually, when you look at them as a team, you could see these three players accomplishing more than what those three guys did as a unit. And that the fact that that's even a conversation to be had is unbelievably lucky for Oklahoma City. Because you think about how far those teams got when they were healthy. You know, of course, they had years where, you know, Durant was hurt. They had years where Westbrook, of course, with Patrick Beverly was hurt. And they had years where Ibaka was hurt. You know, when they were healthy, though, each year that they were healthy, they got to the Western Arts Finals. They got to, uh, you know, they got really, really close. And this team can still accomplish more than that if everything goes right the way that it's trended so far. Because of players like Jada, because of players like Chet to add to an MVP-level player. You know, the Thunder arguably have three guys who they get to their spot and they can knock it down independent of what the defense is doing. And that tough shot making from, from J-Dub with three defenders around him, that's the difference. That's what you need. When, when a game bogs down in the postseason, it's a half-court game, and, you're, and you've slowed down into the mud, you need players who can just go hit difficult shots. And the Thunder arguably already have three of those guys. But I just cannot get over how impressive this Thunder team has been. And, you know, a running joke has been from Jada that uh, he has not taken heat checks. And, and while that is a, a funny joke, on a serious note, that is such a positive trait that, that even in the midst of a career-high night where you're scoring 36 points, right? And you combine it with the night before where he goes four for four from three, he goes five for five from three in this game, and, and you have to be feeling such in the zone when those things happen. But to still, possession in and possession out, let the game come to you, not only helps your individual efficiency, but helps the team overall. And that is, again, a sign of, despite being a second-year player, despite not, not playing in, 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 in massive games quite yet, that still 
a high, high, high level of basketball maturity and a level you have to reach in order to have success. And so I thought that was great from J-Dub. We'll talk, Chet Holmgren, we'll talk this depth as well, all coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. On today's show, I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is great. What I love about Prize Picks is number one, it's available in Oklahoma. But number two, all of the benefits they give to you, the user. So what Prize Picks is, is you, you build out this entry with two to six players. And, and you can do this by just looking at the NBA, which we're all a fan of. You can also mix in NFL players, college players. You can mix in you know, NHL. You can mix in a lot of different sports, but you can just stick with the basketball room. You pick two to six players and say, you know what? I think that LeBron will score more than his prize pick projection in points. I think SGA will have more than his prize pick projection in steals. And there you go. That's an entry right there. And you can continue to add to that uh, as, as much as you want. But my personal favorite part of prize picks is the fact that, you know, in the NBA, we know the drill. Guys are questionable. You know, LeBron, for example, has been questionable every single game, literally every single game. And, you know, you want to make these entries while you're thinking about it during the day before life gets busy in the evening time. If you make an entry and then all of a sudden that player doesn't play, Price Picks offers this reboot policy which protects you, which is the only platform to do that. And that's such a great option for you, especially if you're into the NBA uh, like we are. So uh, check out Price Picks. When, when you do, you can go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA or use code LockedOnNBA your first deposit match up to $100. So up to $100, they're going to match your deposit for you at prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, Chet Holmgren, 22 points, five boards, and assists, four blocks, 64% from the floor. He he was awesome in this game. He absolutely found the mismatch. He loved attacking Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, he got the ball at the top of the key multiple times and just walked Isaiah Hartenstein right to the rim, used a couple post fakes, and was able to just score right through Hartenstein. He was also showing off some, some kind of physicality. He got this rebound into a power dribble right through Julius Randle's body at the rim. And, and Chet Holmgren has completely mastered that spin move. There was a great play where, where Trey Mann fed Chet Holmgren quickly in transition at, at the slot, and Chet just immediately takes off for the paint, and he had to spin through the paint, and he's off balance at the rim, but he has such great body control to still be able to finish it. And the pump fakes are still working to the nth degree. He had the ball swung to him top of the key, pulls off a pump fake, Gibson goes flying by, and now... Chet's able to just take one dribble in, free throw line jumper, sink the wide open mid-range shot. In a game where Chet had four blocks, five boards, and 22 points, he's third on the billing. That's how impressive this center team is. Kenny Hustle played really, really, really good defense on Julius Randle. Knocked down a three. He had a savvy fast break where he, where he was able to run the break and wait to the very last second. He was literally in the restricted circle before he passed it off to Casey Wallace because that forced the defense to commit to Kenny Hustle and generates a wide-open layup 
for Casey Wallace. Two steals and a rebound for him. Uh, really good off the off the uh, off the bench. Lou Dort was really good defensively tonight. One for four from three. Uh, cooled off a little bit from three, but overall, when you look at this stretch of games, if this is how Lou Dort can shoot, where like one for four is his off night, but for the majority of this stretch, he's been he's been just lighting it up from distance. That changes the high end outcome for Oklahoma City in a big way. Plus thirteen in this game, two assists, two rebounds as well. Isaiah Joe off the bench was a plus three. Wiggins off the bench was a plus seven. Joe went two for four from three, two rebounds as well on his way to eight points. Wiggins, right place, right time. I really loved him floating to the dunker spot and using him there uh, in that dunker spot. Five points to assist for him. Uh, and then Josh Giddy, I think, really helped the Thunder off the you know on the glass. Six rebounds, two assists, seven points only on one missed shot, two blocks. This has been a good stretch of games from Giddy. You know, you know, really been about three good games from him. Taking on Denver, though, that is a tough matchup for Josh Giddy. I'm so fascinated to see kind of how he operates tonight against Denver. No Aaron Gordon, though, uh, should help alleviate some of that pressure and alleviate some of that uh, difficulty. But still, this is a really good Denver team that has given him fits uh, really throughout his career, but especially this season. You saw it uh, in their last game. Uh, Trey Mann got minutes to start the second quarter. I, I thought Trey Mann did a much better job of communicating on both ends, especially kind of communicating defensively. Uh, and I thought they understood positioning better and spacing better um, than he has in his previous reps. But then it was kind of the same song and dance for, for Trey Mann, different verse, same as the first. You know, we've been talking about Trey Mann all summer long, all preseason long of, you know, if you paused Trey Mann's clips and you just paused him right when he released the ball, it would be a million-dollar move, and you would think he's one of the most prolific scorers in the NBA. But then you hit play, and for some reason, the ball doesn't go in. And he he had that that kind of same thing happen to him again in this one, where Trey Mann was just this really, really, really good scorer in, in the sense of space creator and, and taking really quality shots. But for some reason, they just did not fall. And eventually, they're going to have to fall for Trey Mann. MVP of this game is going to be J-Dub, of course. J-Dub was awesome in this game, uh, along with, of course, SGA. So Denver's up next. On the road, uh, Jay Will is questionable. He left the game early with a hip injury. Uh, Oos and Keontae Johnson are both with the G League still. They play tonight uh, in Oklahoma City against Maine. And then for the Nuggets, it's it's interesting to see that, you know, Jackson, Reggie Jackson is probable. MPJ is questionable. So there's, a, there's potentially no MPJ and no Aaron Gordon in this one, uh, which would be a huge swing for OKC. Uh, you know, the Nuggets... You don't need me to tell you that they're a good team, that they're, they're the champions, but they have not lost since the Thunder beat them in Denver. <laughs> they have not lost a game. This is a battle of two top West teams, and and, and I don't know that the Thunder are going to change anything about the way that they play defense, but I would be curious to see the Thunder not crash as hard on Jokic and defend him one-on-one. And I know that defending Jokic one-on-one would present some easy buckets for Jokic. But when you crash on him and you show him so much attention, he can just so easily pick you apart and, and, and with, with his passes and find the open man and get some wide open shots. You know, Forcing Jokic to be the top score for Denver and then the score for Denver might be the best route. Again, this is a... This is a pick your poison type of thing. And it, it, there's no winning. There's no uh, right answer, so to say, because you are just kind of saying, hey, Jokic, go score all you want to in a way. 
But trusting Chet to go get a couple blocks on Jokic, trusting the fact that a couple shots won't rim in for Jokic while limiting everyone else could be the best option when you defend Denver. Now, that would, that would be a stark difference from how the Thunder typically play defense, you know, of their heavy crashing to kind of compensate for their size uh, and, and using their athletic ability to fly out and to contest on the perimeter. But I think against Jokic specifically, this could be an interesting option. So, so I'm always going to be fascinated to see what they what they come up with against uh, Nikola Jokic, one of the best players in the world, uh, you know, multiple-time multiple MVP, finals MVP, all that good stuff. But it'll be fun, and we're going to recap it all right here on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast right after the game on YouTube and on all other podcasting platforms. Make sure you follow along on Twitter, X, threads, at Ryland underscore styles. And until tonight, be good and be good to one another.